episode of Rants After Dark. I'm your host, Brandon A. Lane, and joining me tonight is the Jake to my Elwood Blues. Please welcome back Fat Fuck Scott. Hey! Now tonight, Scott and I will be watching one of my childhood favorites from 1991. We have Ernest Scared Stupid. Now, we're going to invite all of you out there in the Rant Army to watch along with us, but remember, you don't have to watch the movie with us. You get to watch the movie with us. So if you're so inclined, you're going to pop in your DVD, Blu-ray, VHS, Laserdisc, or digital copy and cue it up to the black screen right before the touchstone Pictures logo is going to go careening across the screen. Uh, we'll count down from three, and when I say hit play, what are you going to do, Scott? Hit play. Exactly. So, let's do it. Three, two, one, play! play. Okay, so Ernest Scared Stupid released October 11th, 1991, on an estimated budget of $9.6 <clears throat> million. Wow. I mean, he actually it's all on the screen. It's it, beautiful. It is all this on This is one of the prettier films they've did. Um, it is all on the screen. Um, and I would pretty, kill for that treehouse. Oh, we're going to talk about oh. it. We're going to talk about it. Um, oh, yeah. But uh, comparatively, the, the first uh, Disney produced, or Touchstone Pictures, which is a subsidiary of Disney, produced a film was made for about three million dollars and grossed twenty five or you know plus million dollars. This movie on opening weekend made four million four hundred and fifty three thousand one hundred and thirty two dollars, and its worldwide gross again across the entirety of it fourteen million one hundred forty three thousand two hundred eighty dollars. So it made money, but its profit margins were razor thin. Um, really quickly, I want to, uh, before we get into the rest of our technical jargon, I want to talk about this, this intro. Mm-hmm. I love this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't, I, I'd like to talk more, but I can't take my eyes off. I'm just smiling. Well, 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 number one, I want to talk about just the, <sighs> how wonderful the score is. And we have the sound turned down, yeah. but this song, if, if like you were going to have a Halloween party, this has to be on, you know, your playlist <laughs> for the event. This is just uh, wonderful stuff. And if you're a Ghostbusters fan, there is a mashup between this and um, the Ghostbusters theme. I highly recommend you seek that out. Uh, wow. You can find that on YouTube pretty easily. Um, also, a little added production value for basically nothing is interspliced with the comical, you know, parts of Ernest yep. doing his uh, rubber-faced uh, antics. You've got some um, really nice uh, horror and science fiction clips, and uh, I'm going to run down those. All the radioactive era. Um, You've got Nosferatu, White Zombie, uh, Phantom from Space, The Brain from Planet Eris, The Screaming Skull, Missile to the Moon, The Hideous Sun Demon, The Giant Gila Monster, The Killer Shrews, Battle Beyond the Sun, and Little Shop of Horrors. Good, good stuff. (laughs) Now, a lot of the... Earnest films, I mean, they're very, very low budget. Uh-huh. And the two that kind of come up in my head in terms of having like really, really good opening credits is this one uh, and uh, Ernest uh, Saves Christmas, which yeah. is just like public domain, uh, almost like Norman Rockwell kind of stuff. And 
it, it adds a little more flair to the movie, which otherwise would look like a, you know, let's just pin it as it is. Low budget. A low budget it's movie. a very low budget film. <sighs> when was the first time you saw this movie? My mom bought, like, five of them. Four, like, four or five of them, I think. I know I had, um, Goes to Jail, or Goes to Camp, and this one for sure. And I think, but I can't remember the other two, but I remember watching the camp a lot because the, the turtle scene with the parachute and stuff I love as a guy who loves turtles, I love that scene. And then this one was probably my second and it, it genuinely scared me when I was a kid, and I don't know, it's one of those films I'd pull up the cover, but I'd still watch it because the troll is genuinely scary looking to me. Uh, we'll, we'll definitely uh, dissect and go in, in deeper in the, in the, the macabre elements uh, as we continue on. But I have to say, my experience with this film is um, I saw this in the theater, uh, and as well documented on the podcast, I've thrown my biological father under the under the bus <laughs> quite a few times. But this is one of the few things that he and I actually did together as a kid. Um, I can, and it's almost uh, you know twenty years or thirty years to the date. Wow. Um, then we're really we're recording this in in. Uh, September, the very end of September. Yes, and it will and it'll be released uh, a few days uh, from its thirtieth anniversary. It's crazy to think this movie's thirty years old. I mean, all I have to do is look at the kids, though, and you can tell us this is the oh, early nineties. I have I have so much <laughs> negative things to say about all of these children. They are fucking oh. terrible. Um, what do you think the IMDb rating is out of ten? It's for? an earnest movie, so it's got to be low. Um, I know my wife hates these movies, so it's hey. By the way, maybe twenty percent. Hey, here's my obligatory um, shout out to Bree, you cunt. <laughs> I think it's honestly a Southern thing. Ernest has got to be a Southern thing because she doesn't get it. I don't think anybody in her family gets it. Oh. But I adore this stuff. And I, well, so I think some of that probably comes down to just the uh, the differences in the sexes. Yeah, uh, you know, because women don't like the Three Stooges either, and they're That's wrong. Well, and they're That's, wrong. Yeah. They're absolutely wrong. Um, it's a 5.8 out of 10, which is higher. That's way higher than I thought. I was thinking like maybe three or four. Um, the Rotten Tomato score, what do you think it is? That's percentage. That's Out of 100, yeah. 30, 40%. You're, you're, you're aiming way too high, man. Rotten Tomato score has it wow. at, a, at a 17%. What? Now, the audience score uh, is actually higher, um, 50%. There you go. And I have to think that this this twofold in what will divide people on this movie. Number one, Ernest is a somewhat of an annoying character. No, he's not. He is perfect. I'm not saying that that I don't enjoy him. I'm saying that general population would probably... This might be a little grating to them. The other thing is that the horror inclusion in this film is that's that's always going to be a divisive line between what people like and what people don't like. Um... I would rate it personally higher, but that's just uh, that's my personal cross to bear. However, Metacritic has it at a 38% out of 100. Metacritic always gets these things wrong, yeah. so I don't even why I keep including them other than just a general What about Google point. reviewers? Google there are people. What do you think? What do you think? Uh, 7, 8, 70, 80? What are they rated on? It's a percentage Come of 100. Come on. So it's it's got to be like 80? Come on. 82%. Yes! My Google people still however, coming in. However, we've made this point clear. As much as we love the Google users, the one 
and only one that actually matters is our Rant Army review. So, Come on, in, people. in the podcast group on Facebook, find it at, um, I almost said Wrestling Ruin, at, <laughs> at Rants Back Black Lodge. There's a shout out, Wrestling Ruin. Yeah, obligatory, a shout out. Um, I, I posted a poll with two options. Ernest Scared Stupid Good, Ernest Scared Stupid Bad. And 94% good. Damn right. I think this Our is, people are very intelligent listeners. That's why they come to us. I, month I, after month. I, I think we have a uh, a cacophony of uh, of interesting listeners <laughs> who who enjoy a wide spectrum of films. Because I'm not going to say that this is a masterpiece of filmmaking. It's fun. It, it is. It is an enjoyable. It's so kids much movie. fun. I, I'm not. I'm not disputing its entertainment value. So in that regard, I completely agree. Jim Varney always gives 130 percent on these films, even if he doesn't need to. He's always going hard, and he did that for us. Yes, yes, and we appreciate him for it. The Ernest films, despite their low budget, they all utilize things like the opening credits, like I said, <clears> to make them feel like they have a little more going on than they actually did. But let's talk about this invention right here, because this is another one of the <laughs> things that, like, kind of all these movies have some sort of Ernest crazy over the top contraption that shouldn't work, <laughs> and they really don't. Like in, um, <laughs> that's a, the, like the easiest effect to uh, uh, accomplish. Yeah. Uh, he's been compacted into a, a trash uh, thing. Um, <clears throat> by the way, uh, I don't know if you've noticed this in rewatching it. Um, I get the distinct feeling that there is something off about the speed of this movie. It looks like it has been uh, digitally processed uh, at a like a, a higher film rate i mean if, if you just look at it does it not have kind of a jerky motion to it it doesn't look fluid nothing flows yeah i never realized that that's weird no i don't know if this is just because uh, we're watching this off the dvd copy and i don't know if this is uh because I don't have it on VHS, and I don't have it on Laserdisc to compare, and the Blu-ray is out of print. How dare you? You call yourself a fan I know. of Laserdisc? I know, I know right. Um, I do have Ernest Goes to Jail on Laserdisc. Um, <laughs> the but, darkest of but all I don't, films. I don't know if this was like a compression thing to make it uh, fit, or maybe they didn't use like a, du- a dual, la- uh, dual layered DVD. They use a single layered DVD to save mm-hmm. money. I have no idea. Uh, I'm just, this is just visual confirmation from my eyes. Um, so there are certain things that just look faster. It, like when he was sliding out of the thing, it didn't look like a, a fluid slide when he fell out of the back of the truck. It looked like, bye bye. And, and maybe, and maybe it was a conscious decision to maybe make the film look a little more frantic because, like, they're trying to appeal to that extreme kids, 90s audience. No. I don't know. I don't know. But it, it doesn't look. The movie looks good for a ninety early nineties film. Yeah, very crisp. But it also I don't know, it the the flow's a little off. Um so the <laughs> the cool thing about the Ernest films, like it just in their total, you know, good and bad, is that it was sort of a family business and the way that it was treated, mm-hmm. and really the brain trust behind these things, there's two men. There was director John Cherry, 
and there was star Jim Varney, who we're going to gush over <laughs> hardcore uh, throughout the course of this podcast. Um, aside from their involvement with the Ernest films, um, do you have an idea of what these two film uh, two men have in common? No. They're both Tennessee boys. Okay, now technically... I knew Jim Varney. Technically, Jim was born in Kentucky, but he's lived he lived he's, his life... He's a Tennessee boy. You know, in Tennessee pretty much his entire life. We adopted him. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, 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 he was there before, before I was born, but I mean, the Tennessee, <laughs> a colloquial Tennessee, we, we adopted him in that sense. So, um, but yes, I, I agree. Um, and he sort of embodies like everything that Tennessee sort of is supposed to represent. I'm not talking about all the, the, wow. the meth, the meth areas. <laughs> and that shit. He's a good old boy. He's, he's the embodiment of what the volunteer he's state. genuine. He's, he, uh, he, there's not a bad bone in his body. Yeah, until he He's goes to prison. Guy. Hey, whoa, whoa. Oh, right. was, and then he kills people with lightning. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about it in a minute. <laughs> oh, um, uh, John Cherry is still alive and kicking. Um, he directed all of the Ernest films, with the exception of Ernest Goes to School, which was directed by their longtime producer, Coke Sams, and I don't know why exactly. Actually, the whole giant pencil or whatever that freaking thing was. Um, that, it, that picture. Well, we weren't really going to talk about the Ernest movies past <sighs> this because they're they're a mixed bag. Some of them are good. Some of them are, are not so good. That's all the Jim Martin. That's all the movies. Mm-hmm. They're all good to me in different ways. Well, because I grew up watching them as a child. As, like as as much as I would love <sighs> to hear you defend Ernest Goes to Africa, I don't have time to hear your argument. It's, exactly, you're quiet. You can't even say anything it's, about it. It's almost like Crocodile D D perfect. Oh I mean, fuck you, a man fuck you. out of his place, you know, just trying to make it. Okay, and he did great. Well, of course, of course Jim Varney's great, but oh, no, we don't have time. We don't have time to talk about Ernest uh, goes to that Africa. movie is socially acceptable to this day. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> please don't watch that film now, guys. Actually, um, do it. Do it. So let's talk about Jim Varney as Ernest P. Worrell. Um, long career in television and film. Uh, notably, he sort of had uh, his rise to fame in the 80s, but then the 90s he kind of mm-hmm. got his shot at becoming somewhat of a of a film star. For He had this, he had his moment of time. He was Jed Clampett in the big screen yep. adaptation of The Beverly Hillbillies. Which, um, uh, shout out to our buddy Skip, got me on Laserdisc for like my birthday or Christmas <laughs> a couple of years ago. I've never opened it. I don't have any intention of opening it. The 98 cents you spent on it was too much, my friend. That's a great movie. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> He's great in it. And it's, he nailed it. It's actually a movie where you get to see him act. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't realize this, but Jim Varney was a class, classically trained actor. Like a stage genu- and everything. Genuine thespian. Like a, there's some great footage. We're going. seeing it now. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> The Roman gladiator Caesar. He's the he's the definition of a character actor. He just he he can fi- he can fill into any role you need him to. It just so happens that he even in brown face <laughs> as an old lady. That was, that was as a Texan. That was a little, See, it works. That was a little more like yellow face. If we're going to be technical was, about it, was, Mongolian. Mon- yeah, goddamn Mongolians, <laughs> Mongolian. Oh man. Um, 
but uh, he was um, Slinky Dog in Toy Story one and two. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had to re- they had to recast him, which is you know like, sad. When I don't know who the guy recast him was, but he did do a good job. I mean, yeah, he's good, but you he's know, not Jim Barney. It's, it's just sad, you know, not hearing Jim Barney in the role. You know, he brought past a heart and soul to everything he did, even to a toy Slinky Dog. I tell you what, he brought the most heart to, and that would be three ninjas high noon at Mega Mountain. You're damn right, with Hulk Hogan, who was in yeah. No Holds Barred, with Kurt Fuller, who was in Ghostbusters Two. Well, you just got. There's got to be a faster way to Ghostbusters through Jim Varney than through Hulk Hogan. Come on, but don't you want to go through Hulk Hogan, brother? <laughs> Is he still canceled? Can we bring him up yet? I, on this po- flare over Wilhelm, okay. On, on, on this podcast and on Wrestling Ruined, uh, we don't stri- stray away okay. from the from the cancel. cancel we uh, steer status. into it, and we steer into it absolutely. Okay. Um, all those great roles aside, um, you know, tree. he started off as a pitch man, and he was doing. I want to say it was like A and W root beer, and he did like he worked for like a milk company, and they would they would film commercials. Yak milk. <gasps> Hold on to that. Hold on to that thought. Um, but they would they would they would film these commercials with him, and then like uh, they would like show him in different areas, and basically like he was pitching for like twenty different types of milk. Um, but the commercial was the same. I don't know how this exactly worked, but um, he's about to get shit on. Oh yeah, poop in the face, and that's why women don't like this movie. Bird doo doo. Um, but do you remember? Women. Do you yeah no right do you do you remember Ernest being a pitchman were you a kid or was that a little uh, I don't, before your time I remember him being in commercials but I remember him, like he was in commercials but as basically the Ernest character I don't remember him being well, anything else really uh, he had a drill sergeant uh, character and I can't even remember what he pitched as that but that was his other notable character but uh, the I Ernest the outfit the Ernest outfit speaking of which. Um, I tell you how big an Ernest fan I was as a kid. Um, the year before this, in 1990, I'm six years old. You know what my Halloween costume was? Ernest P. Worrell. Be- there better be pictures of that. There are pictures. Uh, in fact, I, uh, I was, uh, we, we did like a Halloween play at my elementary school. And it was one of those things where you could wear whatever costume, but it was, it, the story, I can't remember the story, but it, Turn your fucking phone off. I'm sorry. It uh, it I made sense in context, up. and uh, I got to uh, dress like Ernest to school, and um, hell yeah, I was very popular. And I look back on that, and it's like, man, um, it's a moment in time. It's a moment in time because I think I mean, you kind of talked about it accurately. The, the people know in the South really know Ernest, but it is sort to of, this day. If you dress like that, people will say you're Ernest. Oh, absolutely. But, but if you go above the Mason-Dixon line, you're just a dude in a... A gray shirt, uh, like a darker hat, and a blue jean... Well, blue jean vest. You got some pounds to lose before you can be... Oh, no, that ain't happening. There's no way. Good, good physical, physical specimen. So, two things I want to <laughs> I want to say here. Um, the tree. The, the tree is really cool. The the woods is actually a lot more ominous than any kids fog kids movie like this. It's they they really nailed the atmosphere of this film. As soon as he crawls over that thing, like that little bushel right there, and he starts walking to it, it's like there's a tone shift immediately. I want to talk 
really, really quickly about the... uh, Even the little ghosts come out of the... That's scary! Like, it's Ghostbusters effects, but it's scary! It's good stuff. I want to talk really quickly about our child protagonist. Uh, His name is Austin Nagler. He plays the role of Kenny. Mm -hmm. Um, I hate this kid. (laughs) I actually hate all these kids, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna single him out specifically. Okay. I hate 99% of 90s child actors, and Kenny adds zero to this movie and does not dissuade me from my. Hold on. What year did the Sandlot come out? All the kids in that were awesome. Yeah. And that would be the, that would be the exception to the rule. That would be the 1%. Not the 99. There you go. I mean, there are, there are some good ones. I want to know what the deal is with this freaking haircut. It was everywhere in the early 90s with the shaved lower back and then, like, the bowl cut that's, thing. That's called the Katie Lane. Every single kid had it. Like, I had that when I was, like, five. Yeah, well, uh, I... I love the treehouse. Which which of your parents uh, is to blame for allowing... My mom, probably. Well, shout out to Buffy. Yep. There's the low line fog. I love it. I mean, this, it's very... Moss everywhere. It's very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's very artificial, Mm -hmm. but it has a, it has a mood to it. It And I mean this as a positive, and this would have been a positive at the time, but saying this in 2021 kind of sounds like a dig, but this is a very Tim Burton-esque kind of thing. Back uh, before he got a god. My first thought was like Sleepy Hollow. Ah, I mean, that, the, the this, is, that. this is the 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 more brightly colored version of that kind of idea. Well, yeah, because Sleepy Tim Burton it can't be just well, black and white. Because Sleepy Sleepy Hollow was his attempt at making a Hammer movie. Because it was, yeah. you know, the holy crap! I never thought about you. That. Never thought. I mean, the, that the, just that wa- clicked. Watch the scene where um, he's doing like the autopsy or whatever, and the blood squirts on his glasses. It's so red that is straight out of oh like a Christopher Lee Dracula movie. See, my first thought was, uh, was it dead and loving it? <laughs> Dracula dead. <and> yeah. <laughs> is that the one where it has to do and he keeps hitting the thing and the blood keeps spraying ridiculous amounts every time he hits him? Um. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It, yes, it is. I love that scene. Um. So our. Our protagonist, uh, Kenny, um, he only has two on-screen roles, and this is one of them, obviously. This is the one he's known for. He has... What's the other one? Um, there was a Burt Reynolds TV show, and I'm blanking on the name. It didn't last very long, and he's in he's in one episode of Burt it. Burt Reynolds was in a TV show? Yeah, in the like early 90s. This is like bad, uh, bad toupee pre-Boogie Nights uh, um, Burt Reynolds. But wow. Do you, do you like know... Like worse than Cop and a Half Fat, or...? Uh, it's it's probably on par. <laughs> Cop and Half is pretty bad. Cop and Half's an incredible film. There. Oh, by the way, there's actually a rumor that these pizzas that are being thrown are leftover props used in Secret of the Ooze. I can't get confirmation on this, but I don't understand why that would be the case. Um. So I don't know. I have no idea. That'll, we'll leave that out to you in the random. Wow. Room. Feel free to do your own research on that end. We need to hold somebody. Um, however, uh, fairly recently, uh, Austin Nagler, who plays Kenny, he, back in 2013, he sort of reemerged, uh, not in front of the camera, but behind the camera, and he's directed one thing. So he has three credits, two acting and one directing. He directed a music video for the band Rilo Kylie. Are you familiar with them? 
No. <laughs> what is that? Rilo Kylie. They're like an, a Star Wars something. No. Uh, they're they're like a indie band, and they are led. Their front woman is a a woman named Jenny Lewis. She's a she's another former child star. She was the little redheaded girl in The Wizard, the Fred Savage movie where he gets to the play. Club? Oh yeah, it's so bad. Yeah, that movie. Oh my um, god, man, she grew up nice. Red, really? red hair, some big old boobies, and I gotta say, um, I fucking hate nineties nineties uh, actor kids. But um, when you grow up to look like that, you get you get my uh, my seal of approval. She's probably your age then. <laughs> uh. I I couldn't tell you one to one, but yeah, probably uh, give or take a year or two. Oh, shout out, lady Jenny Lewis, if you're listening. I know you're not. <laughs> you don't know. I don't know, but I'd say it's. Uh, I call for Trident Toy, and here, yep, he's summoning, and only the way that he can. We're going to talk about this scene when we get to Lady Hackmore because I have a theory <sighs> as to why these series of events are unfolding the way that they are. Um, but want to talk really quickly. Uh, uh, about the the treehouse, um, I love montages in films. Like to me, like the eighties mm-hmm. was like the decade of montages, and the nineties they don't milk it in the way that they should. The best example of it is like Rocky Four, where there, yes. are, there are two montages. The mo- a movie so big it couldn't even have just one; it had to have two. But I feel like the one of the best parts of this movie is them building this yeah. this awesome. Pee Wee's Playhouse esque another incident of it being very Tim Burton. Whenever I think of this film, the first two things I think of are the, the slime and the troll, and this awesome freaking treehouse, and but, I love it. And but that, I don't feel like they milk it enough to to show you all. This the, is an earnest movie. We got a very limited runtime. Okay, uh, I mean they. <laughs> You have limited ah! runtime, but you definitely could have milked some of the more fun aspects and cut some of the fucking kid shit out. <laughs> Just one this man's opinion. This is for kids, so they gotta look. It's kids doing yes. kids stuff. And what was your favorite part of this movie? The kid, Shut up. the kids. Ah, the slime. Well, uh, top, top two then. So, <sighs> did you have a treehouse growing up? No, I tried like. We had a bunch of skinny trees and all the brush and stuff behind my house. <laughs> Nothing really big. Uh, when my my family, we moved around a lot when I was a kid. And uh, I mean, from I know this is uh, inside baseball. To, uh, those of you out there are not geographically inclined, but you grew up, uh, you know, very, very young living in a place called Sneedville, Tennessee, which is like a pimple on the asshole of America. Uh, we moved to Rogersville, which is a nicer place. I lived there for a while. We moved to a place called Bean Station, which is as exciting as it sounds. Finally, we moved to Morristown, but we lived in like three or four different places. And my parents, they they had this genius idea, and it paid off for several years of buying a a, a cheaper house, renovating it, and then flipping it for money. And we basically did that for, for several years. Hmm. We moved to a, a, a place, it was 806 Mohawk. Uh, cool, cool name for a for a street, and um, we kind of decided like this is where we're gonna live. Didn't end up that way. Uh, my parents moved one more time to the house that they've lived for ever since. But we had this house, and my stepdad started building me a tree house. Now, mind you, at this point, 
I'm in like fifth grade, <clears throat> so I'm kind of on the teetering side of it, like terrifying, not really being necessary anymore. And as soon as I got into sixth grade, because it was sort of on that line, I was like, yeah, you don't have to keep building this. <laughs> so they built a platform and everything, and that was as far as it ever got. Now, if I had been like 10 or 11 years old, sweet, oh, dude, I would have been so into it. And being an adult and looking back, and I think, man, what the fuck? I mean, I'm more of a kid now than I was then. Yep. Like, you, you want to grow up so fast, and now that I'm an old fuck, I'm like, man, I want a fucking treehouse now. Yep. I want a treehouse now. Um, now, when you uh, go on your wild ride up up north with all the all the weirdos, uh, is this uh, is this something oh, potentially you could be you know maybe doing for you, for your children or you no just, no yeah you know why why freaking tornadoes. <laughs> Well, the only tornado I ever lived through is when I was visiting up there. Well, you know what you do? It happens all the time. You put a fucking shit ton of insurance on your treehouse. On my treehouse? And then retire on it. Like, sorry. No, I don't want to insure this. I want to insure that. <laughs> you have a million dollar life insurance, or life insurance, a uh, <laughs> insurance policy on your treehouse? Yes, I do. Yes. I, lo- I love these shots of Trantor waddling around. He's who a very played a, Trantor. I do I, we know who played Trantor? Yes, we do. Uh, I did not write his name down in my notes. Uh, he's just, the best character besides Jim Barney. He is. He's tremendous, and uh, we'll we'll talk about Trantor a little little later on. Um, let's talk a little bit more about Ernest. Um, I got a question for you. Oh hell! Um, this is disgusting, and. As a child, I just assumed this was all real. Oh, those, those <laughs> shots—they're uh, very um, the, sh- in, uh, the Philip the Philip Kaufman version of uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Yeah, it's it's uh, basically the same effect. Um, let's talk about let's the troll out. Let's talk about the Ernest films, and we'll kind of break them down up until this point really quickly. So. Scott, I'm going to pick your brain and see if you know oh, this no. answer. What was the first Ernest film? I, I don't know. Huh. Huh. What is the first Ernest film? Well, most people would tell you it's Ernest Goes to Camp. That's actually incorrect. Ernest Goes to School? No. Uh, back up, back up, back up. Back the fuck up. Um, the first film is a, a film that, like, most people have never heard of. It's called Dr. Otto and the Riddle of the Gloombeam. Have you ever heard of this? No. <laughs> All right. Tonight, when you leave the Black Lodge, go home. Go on Amazon Prime. Look it up. It, it's for free. You will thank me. It's the one of the most bizarre fucking movies you will ever see. Jim Varney plays... Uh, uh, Dr. Otto, who is a, like a, basically he's a super villain who's using a laser to, like, stop people's, uh, like, corrupt their bank accounts. It's a weird, it's a weird movie. And he has a, he has a hand on top of his head. And I don't, it's just a, it, just the way it's shot. And I know me describing this is probably going to sound like, what, this doesn't sound like a good movie. But he, he's just, he's <laughs> bizarre and he gets to, you know, really, really show his, his, uh, his range off with like his ridiculous face. And then Ernest shows up in the movie. So that's technically your first on screen appearance 
But it's not the first Ernest film. Technically, yes, it is, because uh, Ernest is, you know... It's not Ernest versus Dr. whatever his name no, was. No, but it's still, it's still the first film that involves Ernest. <sighs> now, the one that everybody knows about is Ernest Goes to Camp. That's really where the Touchstone Pictures Disney era begins. It. Um, it's sort of in an interesting predicament right now. Uh, we live in a time when it doesn't take much for something to get derailed in terms of... Seems blackface in that one? No. Okay. Uh, the the problem with it, uh, and now it's it's available for, on physical, and I, I would suggest that if you if this is a movie that you ever want to see ever again, please get a copy of it, because chances are, streaming-wise, you're never going to see it again. Or at the very least, it'll be... If it gets re-added, it'll be quietly, and you won't know it's there. So the problem with it is that it's been deemed as racially insensitive because of cultural appropriation. It's the Indians thing. That isn't even. Oh, it isn't even just it. That's, Native Americans. That, sorry. That is that's an element of it. the The bigger element is there's a gentleman by the name of Iron Eyes Cody, who is the grandfather character that the developers uh, use Ernest to mm-hmm. kind of. Get him the course into signing the Landover uh-huh. for the Kikakee uh, campground. Yeah. Um, so he, everybody thought he was Native American for years. Oh, by the way, he's the he's the Native American guy in the commercial from the seventies where they throw the trash on the interstate. He's not Indian. No, he's not. He's Italian. But he he holy crap he he <laughs> he, he used this, this revelation for years to to get. Movie oh roles. my god! And when the news came out, th- this is one of the dominoes, dominoes that kind of fell. But I love Ernest Goes to Camp. Um, if I were to turtles and parachutes, exactly turtles and parachutes, not animated turtles and parachutes, real box turtles, <laughs> and it's amazing. Uh, by the way, right here, um, not to interject, we'll kind of come back to what we were talking about. Um, this These this is guys. this is the Tulip Brothers. Um, John uh, Cadenhead is uh, plays the role of Tom, and uh, he's best known as Crazy Ernie from UHF. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll tell you who he isn't, and that's Chuck, who has been in several of the previous films. Who is played by Gaylord Sartain. Now the little the little old man that yeah. doesn't really say anything. Who's in this film? Bobby. Yeah. Um, he's a gentleman by the name of Billy Brieg, and I've actually met him. Me and Fat Tony, we went to a, a con. Does and he talk? He does talk. <gasps> he does talk. In what a great life. character. He says, he says some a few lines in, in a couple of the movies, but he's very, you know, he doesn't have a lot. Because he's another guy that's just he's got a... He's the silent in, Bob. He has an interesting face. He can really make uh, his facial expression... Exaggerated. Exaggerated. And, and, but we, we met him, and it's funny because, like, we're at this convention, and um, I'm looking at the, like, the pamphlet they gave you that, like, says, like, Everybody's worried about that. Yeah, and like who's there? And and I'm like, oh man, the little the little weird dude from the Ernest movies is here. And um and like behind us is like, yeah, he is. And we turned around and it was him. <laughs> he was so nice. He was so nice. Uh, he had a good sense of humor about it. And um it's funny because both You have the weirdest celebrity interactions. I, I know. It's it's all unintentional but he was so nice and he he uh still he's another nashville area guy and he hasn't really done much other than um why is it like all the really exaggerated facial actors come from this area 
minus Jim Carrey. Meth. <laughs> <laughs> it's in our DNA. It just kind of stretches the skin after yeah, a while. Man, it's a that's the delicious low on fog. Man, it just looks so cool. And I love Trantor hopping around. I wish both of these kids had been murdered. Is it an actual midget? It's got to be an actual midget of the way they walk. I'm assuming that it is a little person. Um, I'm very doubtful. You can't say that. That's right. I'm very, a little person. I'm very doubtful that it's a... Uh, it's, there's a no way it's Warwick Davis, right? Because he, he did everything. If if, War, if Warwick Davis did this movie, he didn't put it on his uh, on his resume. I mean, would you? It's Warwick Davis. I would. I mean, shit, he's been in some terrible movies. He's, he's in Leprechaun 4. He's a leprechaun. <laughs> we saw what happens when they try to change that out. Hornswoggle. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that movie is is pretty bad. So uh, the next m- movie to come out was Ernest goes. Uh, or, sorry, Ernest goes. Ernest saves Christmas. Classic. Um, I I'm sort of back and forth on it. I think that as its own Chris as a Christmas movie, it's pretty good. My problems with the movie is that Ernest is not really the main character. No, he's not. He's he's the he's the side character. How, however, it does have the the snakes the snake guy. It's mm-hmm. like it's like you don't give one to your boy. That's good stuff. Pythons, pythons. This is just funny stuff. Um, so, what do you what do you think about oh. Ernest Saves Christmas? It's it's one of the holiday ones, so it's got to be great. I mean. I used to watch it almost every year around, like, in my family, you're not allowed to watch Christmas movies until after Thanksgiving, and then you're allowed to watch it until the first. So it was one of those films that I would put on in my house. What would happen if you broke that rule? Would Buffy beat you? Give you a shitty haircut? I don't want to talk about the thing that happened to me. <laughs> oh, so, um, up next would be Ernest Goes to Jail. Th- this is another- the darkest another one, the films. Another one that I saw in the theater, um- <clears throat> Ernest goes to jail. I don't know if you've really. If, what's the last time you saw it? Uh, before me and Bree got together. <laughs> I, you get a chance rewatch it. Ernest goes to jail. It's it. It's like two diametrically opposed films aesthetically. But you get to see Jim Barney, Electro Man, like go. Ah, I love his evil persona. The evil. Oh yeah, Nash. Yeah. That's I a, love the acting in that. Well, it's to- it also has probably one of the funniest Ernest moments where he's uh, chewing on the pen when he's on um, <laughs> in the jury, and he and he and he's, he's trying to play it off. <coughs> That's so funny. Ah, oh. but the cool thing about it aesthetically is that like everything that takes place outside of the prison is shot so matter of factly. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's like. You know, like a regular movie, but when it gets into the prison, it becomes fucking Dick Tracy. Like the, the color contrast is very, very. Stark. I think they did that on purpose. No, they had to have been done no, on purpose. No, they absolutely did it on purpose. It's just, it's, it's just a weird choice to make for a movie um, that's not really a series of films that's not really known for its aesthetic. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? So they put some style on it. It worked for me. It's. Probably just why you're merciful, and I haven't seen it in over ten years. Uh, here's, I still remember it. Here's another one of Ernest's uh, contraptions: the troll trap. So we kind of glossed over it, but um, but the Tulip Brothers were shilling. Yeah, they're they're shilling their you know nonsense to to get some. <laughs> they're. they're uh, <laughs> the same joke is in every fucking movie. Yep. Is that a rabbit over there? Ooh. 
um, but yeah, they're you know they're selling. Uh, what well, I'm trying to think, some of the things uh, troll away spray, troll nunchucks. <laughs> so t- the, uh, the uh, there's a troll record that they try mm-hmm. the out. the love sounds for trolls. I think is what it's called. <laughs> it's so funny. It's terrible. <laughs> I would call it funny. So this right oh. there, that moment right there, that is the reason that um, he quit acting. I don't know if I glossed over that earlier. He got made fun of so much in like from his like school and stuff um, because I mean he's sort of at an awkward age for like mm, what girls? My girls and um, so he he retreated from acting because uh, the little girl did he end up being gay. I have no idea, and and if he did, uh, that's that the, the, it's kind of a weird, kind of a weird uh, way to find out you're gay. I wasn't Ernest scared student. Ah, I yeah. didn't like it. I, I quit acting as they forced that on me. Yeah, but all the same, gay or otherwise, fuck this kid. I have, I, I just don't. Have, Phrasing. No, 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 no. <laughs> To hell with this kid! I don't give a fuck about I don't give a fuck about his sexuality or one way or the other. But this kid is a vacuum of charisma, and he's so anthemic of of like the, the Brie Larson children. Who I was going to say he's just he's the he's the typical too cool for school '90s kid characters, but he's also getting made fun of. Yeah. That doesn't work to me. Yeah, it's it's a weird. You can't be the bullied kid and still be I'm awesome kid. Just you gotta aff- be one or the other. This affluent neighborhood where everybody has fucking boats in their carport. Yep. Ah, that's a uh, the, the bullies. The bullies. I. You know what? If Two I, fat kids. <laughs> they, they don't have the one guy doesn't have a full on mullet, but it's it's yeah, he's like working on it. it's like it's the residual mullet of the night of the eighties, kind of bleeding over into the nineties. Uh, weird. Why stuff. was it that, like all the fat kids in the nineties were bullies instead of bullied? I don't get that at all. Um, even Hocus Pocus, the fat kid. And then the was his name Ice. I think he had his name. Dude, you're asking the wrong fucking person. Oh yeah, I forgot. You don't have taste. I hate that movie. Awesome. Oh, by the way, uh, now that we're uh, the cat is out of the bag. Ernest Scared Stupid came first, and if you lay the plot beats out one-to-one, Hocus Pocus is the exact same movie. Even with the flashback to, like, the 1800s and the, oh, that's, I never, wow. Yeah. No. Yes. No. I've hated that movie since 1993, and I will hate it until the day I die. Oh, God, what's his name? He does a fantastic in it, and I don't care how he says. Ah, you did karaoke with him. Oh, uh, skinny guy, Doug Jones. Yeah, oh, Doug D- Jones is freaking amazing oh, in that movie. Doug Jones is oh. Doug Jones is awesome. I'm not uh, besmirching the name of Doug Jones. Um, now that we've gotten finally to uh, the movie that we're watching, that we've kind of been glossing over, um, Scott, if you'd be so kind, can you read off the synopsis <coughs> of Ernest Scared Stupid? Oh, I got to read the top though. A slap sticky blast from the Cincinnati Enquirer. <clears throat> Everybody's favorite know-it-all, Ernest P. Worrell, scares up heaps of hilarious laughs in this frightfully funny comedy. The lovable lunkhead is in for a devil of a time when he accidentally unleashes an evil demon from a sacred tomb, causing the awakened foe to go on a devastating rampage. Ernest desperately attempts to prevent the destruction of the town, 
but a 200-year-old curse renders Ernest scared stupid. Haha, <laughs> they said it. And that's when the fun and adventure began, loaded with uproarious hilarity and a host of outrageously kooky characters. This big screen treat delivers off-the-wall nuttiness that's sure to drive you wild any time of the year. Wonderful. Well, we just missed um, the... the Rimshot! Be adorable! We just missed the little girl... Uh, Having you know, roll over in her bed, and Trantor is there, and which that is, scared the crap out of me as a kid. That's it's the way that that shot is composed. Like the lighting is very kid friendly, but if you if you turn down the saturation it, and stuff, uh, you can make that scene so scary. But <laughs> this right here is probably the it's <laughs> probably the funniest part of the movie. <laughs> There's another. See, look. I'm really seeing the the jerkiness and oh. the and how it looks just like everything's sped up. Look at it; it's so noticeable. How the fuck did he survive <laughs> the giant? It's Ernest P. Whirl. <laughs> he's basically no, he's a cartoon. He's a living cartoon. He, he basically is a cartoon character. He's oh. got a sidekick and everything. Speaking of which, how is it that Rimshot is only in two of the movies? Like, Rim, Rimshot... In my head, he's always there. Rimshot uh, started in the previous movie, and he's in this movie. And you get a real emotional beat in this movie. And I feel like they, they missed an opportunity to, to do more... I know why. He went on to be Wishbone. That is the same kind of dog, is it not? Uh, in my head, yeah. I'm telling you. He went on to be Wishbone. He had his own franchise. He got too big for Ernest, and he left. Oh. He changed his name. Rising Star and the Dog World. Well, you know what? Fuck you, Wishbone. <laughs> Damn it, Rimshot. <laughs> you left your past yeah, behind. Yeah, I, I consider them two different entities. And my my heart my heart belongs to Rimshot. Um, the I grew up with Wishbone too, though. Ah, so. fuck, yeah, you're. <laughs> the age difference between us is is not that much, but it is it is it's va- enough to matter. Exactly. I have taste. You don't. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So. In addition to Ernest playing Ernest, uh, Jim also plays Phineas Varney, who's the ancestor of Ernest, who uh, traps our villain Trantor the Troll. Now the <laughs> sorry, I love this scene. <laughs> the um, the interesting thing about <coughs> the exchange that they have between Trantor and uh, Big Beat sounds like T T for two. Sorry, I'm sorry. I love this. He's trying oh. to fucking play charades. Nope. Ah! <laughs> There's your first clue. Milk. First clue that milk. It's yak milk. It's got to be yak milk, guys. <laughs> oh, uh, ah, ah. oh no! Cultural appropriation. Yeah, no one calls this one out. <laughs> A uh, fat white kid being Indian or the Native American. The uh, the okay, exchange. Guys, the I'm exchange. Second Cherokee. I can say that. Shut the fuck up. Let me go for a second. <laughs> You get the exchange between Trantor and Phineas where he's like trapping him in the tree Mm -hmm. and he he gives an in-universe explanation as to why Ernest is so stupid, which previous to this, by the way, we're seeing the kid get turned into a a wooden doll, doll, which is a pretty creepy aspect of the movie. Um, But the, the curse that's placed on the world bloodline Basically, that every ancestor going on will be stupider and stupider. 
So you get an in-universe reason as to why Ernest is so stupid. But He's not stupid. But he also has, <clears throat> you know, from previous movies, he has the, he has the heart of a brave and, and all that. So, he, he's so he's so stupid that he's incapable of being evil, I guess. I, I don't know. What do, you, what do you make of that? He's just a good old boy. Yeah, true. <laughs> Never meaning no harm. <laughs> that uh, that scene just now with the troll running through the wooden fence posts, that was some ultimate warrior shit, and it was amazing to see because that, that fence exploded. <laughs> um, what's your <clears throat> what's your favorite Ernest moment? It doesn't necessarily have to be from this movie, like especially like something that's showing like him being kind of dumb for the sake of being dumb. Well, we just missed one of the best parts, the the freaking the giant trap. Um Oof. I'm going to stick with yak milk cuz that just makes me fucking laugh. We'll, we'll and it's dumb. We'll get to it. We'll get to uh, it. But what, it works. What are the really really good ones? Uh, I can think of from uh, Ernest Goes to Camp is uh, he it's like a kerosene lighter and he's like <coughs> he's pumping the priming it and he just keeps pumping it and finally it shoot it like shoots off like a bottle rocket it's dumb but it makes me laugh every time <laughs> and uh, there's a part in uh, Ernest Goes to Jail where he's in his washing machine and it's him getting stuck in it in the cycle yeah. it's just dumb stuff um, this brings me to my next, um, question, and I wanted to tie this kind of in, into this. Um, do you think that doing these sort of goofy <coughs> kind of characters, in particularly Ernest, which is the, the paramount thing he's known for, do you think that this hurt Jim Varney's career from progressing to the next level of, not How necessarily was like, he whenever he first started doing Ernest? Uh, early forties. I mean, he's right here. He's probably in his forties. So, I mean, by that, I mean it has happened where people get older, and as they got older, they've made it. But well, he's a character actor. I mean, trying to think of it. This is what he's known for for a reason, and he gets to play a bunch of other riddle like characters real fast, and it's incredible. You get to see the range of his acting throughout these films. I don't you you get to see know. you get to see the range of his comedic acting but I've seen him in things that were less comical and the guy could have been you know a Paul Sorvino or you know that type of like character actor who can kind of fill in the whatever role a uh, Richard Jenkins or and I, I feel unfortunately that he got stuck he got stuck and I, ultimately, uh, he he died uh, from cancer. Yeah, fuck cancer. And, and had had he lived, I think that <clears throat> I think he was sort of on the track to kind of break away from the Ernest character. Um, he he did Roseanne towards you know the later mm-hmm. latter seasons, and that was a you know a, a comical character, but more a more grounded comical character than that he was doing now mm-hmm. or at this point. So I I feel like that we never really got to see truly how great of a an actor an acting actor that Jim Varney could be. We we get to see the physical <clears throat> acting, but the you know, the more methodical and 
introspective kind of acting. To the Jim Carrey thing again because like they're very similar in that way where they they start out very comedic and eventually Jim Carrey did get to go on and do other things that he kind of uh, the Andy Kaufman of the Moon and uh, Truman Show all that stuff. Possibly Jim Carrey could have gotten to do that, but I don't know. This character's very iconic, at least down here, again. Yeah, but I, I think, <clears throat> I think too, he, he cranked out, like, quite a few earnest movies towards the very end of his quick. life, because he, I think he saw the writing on the wall, and... This is what I'm be done for, might as well. Fairly recently, I mean, I did not grow up in this era, the Blues Clues era, that is, that's so far past my, my childhood, I have no idea. Steve. But, but he came, he just recently, like, kind of made a splash, because he wore his costume, and like, he... And that, like, they made me, like, that was, my sister's only two years younger than me, she watched Blues Clues, but I'd have to watch it with her, so I'd get to watch what I want afterward. And so I got, grew up watching it, I didn't really pay attention I'd be like reading comics or doing something else, but it would be on. So I grew up watching it, and it was like when the, the Steve thing happened recently, it was a big deal. It was really cool to see this character come back. Well, the the point <clears throat> I want to make about this is I, he I read fairly recently he he said that like it was never it's something that never really left him, and mm-hmm. during the height of like his you know stardom, he kept a Steve costume in his car, and. <laughs> And if he was on like a date or something, he wanted to impress a girl. Like, hey, he never knew when to quit. This is one of the best ones. This is a great joke, and they repeated in the movie later on. Um, but he would he would throw the costume like if he saw like somebody was having a birthday party. He's like, watch this. He throw that costume on. He would go, and kids would go fucking nuts yeah. for him. Jim Varney was the exact same way. He would if he dre- he would. It didn't matter if he was in you know like fucked up from you know. Cancer medication. He'd throw in an earnest costume, and he would go and would visit, you know, kids and stuff. He was just a genuinely great human being, yeah. by all accounts. Well, you don't like these <clears throat> pulsating no, I don't. nubs it, on the tree? I hate the slime, and they do it so well in this movie. I <clears throat> the, the effects, uh, let's talk about those really quick. So, uh, if you haven't figured it out, by the way, the, the effects of this movie were done by the Kyoto Brothers, mm-hmm. who are best known for Killer Clowns from Outer Space. They did Critters and a handful of other things. You may have had to address it, but isn't it true this outfit was basically a leftover troll? No, the Trantor is completely made from the ground up. However, later on, when those pustules drop and you get the, the seedling trolls... Mm-hmm. Those are repainted costumes okay. from Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Okay. So, um, this is an interesting direction to, to talk us in to really quickly. Um, <coughs> that's, that's a good funny... Knocking the fuck out and don't even it. Only, only Ernest could, uh, yep. could make... Uh, let's, well, actually, let's, let's, before I hop into what I want to talk about, let's talk about this scene right here. So, uh, as a kid, I saw this in the theater... That scene right there where his head plops down the thing, I scream, mm-hmm. but then I immediately start started laughing because he's spraying the fucking windshield because that will, that will not fucking work. Even, even if it did work, it would. And there's a great fucking line here where he says, uh, Trantor like, looks in the window and says something about, like... Mayday, Mayday, Christmas Day, Columbus Day. I never realized that. <laughs> but, right... <coughs> 
I think it's right here. You're going to pay for the sins of your forefathers. And Ernest says, I didn't have forefathers. I just had one. And I didn't know him that well. That, that is a genuinely funny line. That's funny stuff. I love, I love the implication right here is that Rimshot is the one driving the truck yep. as Trantor is is trying to uh, to kill Ernest. Um, yep, there it is. In I was by the way in 1991 I I was in I was in first grade and um, there's a line of dialogue coming up that was repeated between myself and my friends on the school bus <laughs> ad nauseum and uh, we'll we'll talk about it when we get to it but there's a little more uh, action in this earnest movie than in the there's a straight up sword fight car chase scene I mean we could have used that there in that blockbuster game. <laughs> you might want to add a little context to the people uh, listening. Huh? <laughs> we uh we went over to Stank. Mr. Stank Dick Eddie's house for his birthday and played a little blockbuster card game thing where he had to name scenes and movies that had certain scenes in it. This could have totally fell in one of those. It was it was actually pretty fun. Yep. It was mostly just me and you oh, and occasionally yeah. Eddie, but but Skip got his damn Godzilla. So <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Okay, this, this scene is coming up. Pulling the truck backwards. I love this. That is so cool. All right here, he's going to instruct um, Rimshot to to basically floor it. Well, he's trying to break away, but finally he's going to put it in reverse, and he's going to bump fucking Trantor off the map. He's pulling against two hundred horsepower. Pull it in reverse. Tires squealing. Engine revs. Tires squeal. Oh, no. <laughs> How about a bumper sandwich, booger lips? <laughs> <laughs> that bonsai. <or> that laugh. <laughs> and boom. <laughs> I, love, I love seeing people <coughs> get hit <coughs> by a car and just, just flopping. The, uh, the flare flop. That's, yep. that's good stuff. So... Do you do an earnest impression? You alluded to it just to kind of... No, I do not do an earnest impression. But every time you hear that, there's that meme of like the lizard laughing. It has the hey, 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 hey. That's every time I see that, I hear the earnest laugh. Uh, his, <laughs> his breath knocks the... <laughs> I love that Trantor has two noses. <clears throat> yep. It's a such a unique... I don't think I ever trait. realized that until like the last time I watched it. It was on DVD, so maybe it's just not as noticeable on the VHS version. But I just never noticed it as a kid. I just thought he had a big nose. So uh, let's talk about uh, Hackmore. Um, Lady Hackmore is is played by Eartha Kitt, who mm-hmm. has been acting, or before she passed away, had been acting since like the late forties. Uh, singer, dancer, um, kind of a, a cultural boundary breaker uh, during her time. Star Trek. Um, she was uh, no, she was uh, oh, Star, Star Trek. No, you, no. I'm thinking, uh, what's her name? Nichelle Nichols. Yes. Is who you're thinking of? No, she she was um, Nichelle Nichols is who you're thinking of. No, I've seen her in something else. Earth, I don't Earth, Earth the Kit was a Catwoman in the '60s Batman television show, one of three, <clears> mind you. Uh, but she, uh, she, she had like probably like five or six episodes in the third season, which admittedly is the worst season. But she's so good, and 
so her involvement in this is basically, you know, she's the she's the person that has all the the info. She's the exposition dump of of the movie. You need her to kind of tell you what's going on. What? She's the straight man. Yeah. Yeah. But she she's also, Isma in the Emperor's New Groove. Oh yeah, actually, that's why I know her. Actually, voice so you well. know, she got that role because of this movie. I did not know the, that. The cat is the same casting director. That's and, crazy. Yeah, they they kept her in mind, and um, and then they spun that off into uh, the Emperor's New School, and she did mm-hmm. that like that entire series. But um, great voice. She's she's great in this, <clears throat> and you need her. Because she's the one that has the the backstory. Because her, she knows all. Her sister is one of around. is one of the kids who was taken by Trantor in the prologue of of the movie. Mm-hmm. So my first question is, how old is she? Is she? Yeah, because it it indicates or it's it's alluding to the fact that the beginning of the movie has to have happened at the, like the late 1800s she's to be or, like the, a, or the early 1900s. An ancient witch or something? It never... Like protecting this area? It, it was like, she looks out there. Like, well, she was a child at the time, but it's never explained, so... Maybe she grew up went to witchcraft trying to figure out a way to bring back her sister. Because she had the dolls, like, just now put them in a bag or whatever. Well, here's, here's question number two. Um, because she has all the information... Why does she give Ernest a step-by-step instruction on how to bring Trantor back? Because, and then like scolds him for it. <laughs> it, I have a, I have a reasoning. It's never explained as such in the film, but I have a hypothesis, if you will. All right, lay on me. So I think because she is. Uh, you know, her her sister is gone. I think she has taken a trek into the the dark arts, or you know, the the mystical arts. Yeah. And she's using basically she's using Ernest to bring back Trantor to help get her sister so she back. Can bring her back. Yeah, but it's still you know it is sort of unsatisfying that this stuff <laughs> isn't made more clear. Um, she's the one that comes to. Now but I know like, why ECW got all their shots. <laughs> yes, her, her, and um, her and Ernest both have wildly different uh, interpretations of how to defeat Trantor. Um, she, ultimately, uh, Hackmore comes to the correct decision, which is, you know, basically unconditional love. But yeah, the she, heart. She just came up with the heart of a child thing. Yes, but she meant it more literally at the beginning, which is. <laughs> one of my one of my favorite lines where like they're her and the kids are around and she like looks at them and goes like, the heart of a child and you know it's just it, you know that's a a good gallows humor moment but she does come to the realization that it's the that's the you know unconditional love of a child yes what is that kid trying to be what's his name from Blade Runner not Blade Runner uh, what the, the Running f- Man <laughs> oh <laughs> the light up guy <laughs> the one that sings up yeah the other one. <laughs> That's what he looks like. <laughs> don't think. Look at him. <laughs> I don't think so. Um, uh, but uh, for, for the for, for the purposes of, of it is our now. discussion, it is now. Yes, and he's I the opposite of Man. Yeah, I can't remember what that character's name is. It's like riding on the giant like car motorcycle thing. Because uh, there's like major major glory or major freedom. That's, That's Jesse, Jesse, Jesse Ventura. Ventura. And then there's one uh, called Sub Zero. Sub Zero, now just plain zero. Love and I rock your grande. But. Alrighty. <laughs> He's got him. 
Ernest uh, very soon is going Balls to he's going to come to the uh, incorrect assumption about what it will take to defeat Trantor, yep. and that would be me. You didn't think I could find any. This joke is so resonant. This is probably the for my money. This is probably the most well known aspect of this film. Um, it's probably the most uh, endearing or enduring thing about it in terms of like marketability because um, yeah, because no one knew what the fuck Miak was until this. Well, absolutely not. <clears throat> but I, you know, they they handhold you a little bit in trying to like make you understand yeah, that, that that milk dairy is the is the thing that causes um, trolls <sighs> to you know be defeated. I Trolls is sort of an interesting choice for this film to begin yeah. with. It's not uh, a well more well known. Well, even on the back of the damn cover, it says like a demonic force. So, demon is <laughs> what you think, but no, it's a troll. So, I mean, like in popular culture, we have two troll films, only one of which actually has a troll in it. The uh, spoiler alert: Troll Two, Goblins. Garbage Day. What? No, wrong movie. Uh, you're, yeah. you're, 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 you're think- <laughs> I'm not even drinking today. <laughs> you're thinking of um, uh, fuck, um, Silent Night, Deadly yes. Night Two, the movie that's Eric, only half a movie. Eric Freeman. It's so that's good. Some bullshit. Though. It's so good. This is the emotional beat that really ties the whole movie together. Yeah, because even as a kid, I hated other kids, and I hate like I hate humans. But you throw a dog into a movie and mess with that dog, I'm an emotional wreck. So. He has to do it for Rimshaw. Fuck them kids. Oh, I agree. This kid's hairdo is just making me angry. Every kid had that haircut. Leonardo DiCaprio had it. I had it. Speaking of which, here's a connection uh, for Leonardo DiCaprio and this whole mess. The Kyoto Brothers worked on Critters and uh, Leonardo Leonardo DiCaprio's first movie was Critters 3. Um, Here's here's an interesting uh, train of thought. And I'm kind of getting to this uh, before we got a little off track, but... Trolls is an interesting idea. It's different. Yeah. But with the Kyoto Brothers, and I'm going to go picture this, just fantasy booking right here. Do you think this movie would have been better suited if it, rather than a troll, if they had just not altered those killer clown costumes and they had done Ernest versus the killer, killer clowns from outer space? Oh, Brie would actually watch that. She loves killer clowns. I, she hates this movie. I don't get it, but I, I think I, I think tonally this would have been a, like it matches. It would work. It's just dark enough to keep it dark. You throw Ernest in, it gets better, and it wouldn't have any fucking stupid <sighs> kids in it. I I I think and they all have to be kids. It's an Ernest film. Everybody everybody has just ejaculated verbally about their desire for a Killer Clown sequel, and this would have been probably the best opportunity they could have ever had to have gotten it made. Because uh, Killer Clowns is PG-13. They could have pulled it back just enough. A little bit. Just enough to um, get around some of the the things, and, and just really have it like be... Not, not literally knocking people's heads off, but keep the, the cotton candy cocoons and I mean, all that I stuff. Feel, I feel like for a PG movie, this is kind of pushing it. So... I don't, and I, I don't want to piss people off out What's there, but I really don't feel like this movie is is that oh, much. Sure they swim better. I don't feel like this movie is <clears throat> that much more tame than Killer Clowns. I until you said I didn't realize Killer Clowns was PG thirteen. So yep, 
And uh, it's it's one of a handful of movies that you can point to that kind of breaks the paradigm about, you know... Poltergeist. Only, only R-rated horror movies are good. I mean, it's a little more fun. It's intentionally fun. That's a good way to get around it, but but still. Um, so, all of the previous films have had somewhat of a paranormal element to them. Um, Ernest Goes to Camp has the the, the mysticism Native of the Native American, American stuff. stuff because at the end, uh, John Vernon... <coughs> Um, oddly enough, who's in Killer Clowns from Outer Space? So there's another uh, full circle, unintentionally uh, uh, situation. But um, he tries to shoot Ernest like point blank, and you know when there's the, yeah. the, the narration like if if he's brave at heart, the arrow will not pierce his skin or whatever. So there's that paranormal element in um, the the sequel, uh, Ernest Saves Christmas. Santa Claus is 100% real. Like, that is mm-hmm. just completely accepted. Uh, Ernest uh, goes to jail. Ernest is a... He, he gets the... Lightning powers. He gets the death penalty, survives <laughs> survives the electric chair, and is temporarily able to shoot lightning from his fingers. And he kills people. We don't know that for sure. Come on! <laughs> if he killed people... That would have been Ernest Goes to Jail Part 2, where he was there for good reasons that time. It's a jailbreak film. It's awesome. It works. <laughs> I do I do really like prison films, and it's weird to think in terms of like, man, this is actually a surprisingly good prison film, uh, Ernest Goes to Jail. Um, I think they kind of it's got focused, they focused a little too much on some of the, the bank shit early on, but... The prison stuff's all gold. This right here is the good stuff, too, where Ernest is trying to prevent these seeds from getting into the, the ground. ground. Uh, I think it's coming up where he takes a um, like a trash can lid and like tries to hold one of them down. <laughs> um, it's just... These effects are, are just tremendous. I'm you know so, what it would be great to have on this episode? OJ. Oh, shout shout out to because he freaking adores these movies. Actually, shout out to a good buddy OJ, Josh Ebel, and uh, and um, Adam Fielding. They're they're both uh, Ernest fans, and uh, I expect you to download this episode uh, two or three hundred times between the two of you. Make false there, there, there it you is. Go. There it is. Trash can <laughs> lid. Time to put it on this. <laughs> but yeah, these. these <laughs> These effects are so simple, but man, they're they're so effective. I I I'm just so nostalgic for these cheesy kind of creature feature movies. Like it's straight up been Ninja Turtles villains. They, Throw them in an episode of Street Sharks or Biker Mice from Mars. They totally would have worked. Well, preferably something live action. So this this montage right here. It's a motherfucking montage. This is just straight up ripping off uh, the the montage from Lost Boys. The only difference is, rather than kids getting holy water yep. and Going shooting and shooting through their super soakers, they're going to the grocery store and stealing milk to put in their super soakers. Beautiful shot there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're also incredibly goofy looking. It, it wonder wonderfully goofy. They're beautiful. Uh, so 
is this a movie that like you think you're? I know, like Luna, your daughter Luna is a little uh, on the She's, skittish yeah. side, but do you think this is a movie that Cass, Cass would, like? would freaking adore this film? And I think I don't remember because we watched it last year, the year before Jordan came up. My friend Jordan came up with her uh, boyfriend Mike, and they ran the cabin, and we watched this. And Bree would complain the entire time. I don't think she paid attention, but. No, I think Cass is in bed. Damn. Uh, I know for a fact I'm going to show Cass this this October because I know he'll adore this film. Let's let's talk really quickly about Trantor's plot. We So he's been abducting children, which is already like uh, a controversial element, turning them to these wood totem kind of things because he needs so many souls, souls to summon his children. And... That's pretty dark. That'd be a dark premise yeah. for an R-rated horror movie. Straight up, just split a double barrel shotgun. That is such a cool little he, spot. I think there's a part. Doesn't he like suck the the bullets out of him and shoot them? I don't at know. Him later on, but oh, there he is. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! And it, I love that. Like he. <laughs> poked in the fucking eyes. Like, okay, they sprouted from the ground. Did, did his battle axe also sprout from the ground? They came up fully dressed with battle gear and weapons. Oh my god, see <laughs> them woman get taken out. Ah! Oh. You're not gonna blame us on me. <laughs> it's your fault. You know, if, if you put it like, if you hold all the Ernest movies like it to a uh. singular continuity, you're gonna think like he's basically every at the end of every movie he has to move towns because he's ruined yeah. so many people's lives. <laughs> money, 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 money. Oh man, I don't, I don't care for the Tulip Brothers. Um, I don't understand like. They're uh, they're in every movie, aren't they? Well, no. Uh, Bobby and uh, uh, Gaylord Sartain's character uh-huh. uh, they were in the the previous two movies, uh-huh. and Gaylord Sartain is in Ernest Goes to Camp, but Billy Brieg, who plays Bobby, is not. So, what are the point of these characters? Other than uh, they're just reoccurring, and then some, oh my God. They, it's funny because they're supposed to be the. The, the comedy relief, but the movie already has a comedy relief. The whole relief. movie is... It's... <sighs> In all honesty, it, it's just the, these were good dudes that were supportive, and they gave... And, and uh, Coke Sam's, uh, John Cherry, and and Jim Varney, they gave them a, a an outlet to make some money and, mm-hmm. and do their thing. Um, but th- this is the only appearance. So here's the second thud. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is this is um, here come the kids same day. The Tulip Brothers only uh, this incarnation of you know the duo that, and uh, this is his only time he's in the movie. Uh, we're kind of coming close to the end, but uh, going back to like this being a, a movie that is. Totally agreeable for sure. a younger kid. I thought, uh, <clears throat> what are some of the best horror, you know, spooky media kind of kid friendly stuff? So, what uh, I I have a list of five. You got a we list going of back five. and forth. Or yeah, you, okay. know, you know, throw out your number five real quick. My number five is Hocus Pocus. I love that movie. I bought it uh, digitally and physically, and I well, I had Disney, so I'm gonna watch it every year. It's a fun film. I 
You're you're entitled to your opinion. You're younger than I. I was. You're the only person I know who hates it. <laughs> no, well, I may be the only person you know, but trust me, it is it is really, really, really hated. That's fine. People are allowed to be wrong. Yeah, I know I'm not, but people are. Now here's here's the difference. <sighs> people who defend Hocus Pocus as being a great film, it's a funny film, and, and, and it was great. I, I but but the the sub. The sub fandom of that will, and I'm not going to defend this as being a great movie, and that's no, the difference. But this is funny. But I'll give you your pick. My my number five pick is Young Frankenstein. It's the it's the best universal horror film that's not a universal horror film, with probably the exception of David Lynch's The Elephant Man. But this is obviously meant to be funny. Mm-hmm. Peter Boyle, Gene Wilder. It's it's great across the board. Hilarious stuff. Glass of milk. Perhaps. <laughs> Would you like a roll Fine. of hay? Roll, Thanks. roll, roll in the hay. <laughs> so, what's your number four? Uh, Gremlins 1 and 2. All right. You know what mine is? What? Gremlins. So, number four, same for both of okay. us. What are you, what, what is it about Gremlins that, uh... Even as a kid who was like... I was scared... Like, the trolls in this fucking scared me. Gremlins never did. And I guess it's the laugh, or it's Gizmo being awesome and adorable, and especially the second one being Rambo badass. Uh, <laughs> I I don't know what it is, but those those two movies are important to me as a kid, and I think they're honestly like part of like what steered me down the path of horror growing up because they were accessible as a child. Like- My mom wouldn't get mad at me for watching Gremlins. Well, it's funny because like Gremlins has fucking balls. The first one, yeah, I love Gremlins too. Uh, as in part two, not T-O-O. Although I, that would be an applicable statement as well, because I love them both. But the first Gremlins is a pretty violent movie yeah. to be so goofy. And it also has that really, really strange line of dialogue where um, Phoebe Cates' character talks about her father getting stuck in the in the chimney and he died. Yeah. Like, that's why she's like, I don't like Christmas or whatever. But Gremlins, great shit. Was one of my, the old lady... On the fucking chair is one of my favorite things, like top five moments in any film ever. So I love the old lady in the chair getting launched. You know that that Gremlins got released the exact same day as Ghostbusters. That was a great fucking day for movies. It was, no, well, it wasn't a great day for fucking not for Gremlins. For Gremlins, <laughs> Gremlins ended up making money in the long run. But why would you? Why would you release? A Christmas movie in fucking June. It was a stupid decision. When did Die Hard come out? I didn't. Not, not, not the same day as fucking Ghostbusters. Um, so, what's your number three? Uh, Beetlejuice. Excellent movie. Uh, it's actually my number two. Oh wow! Okay, go ahead and describe what what is uh, you. What? It's another one of those films that ev- like everyone in the family has fun in that movie. Um, and maybe it's what started my love for goth ladies as well, but. The child found her ridiculously hot since yeah. I was a kid. And and your um, and I know one thing I know about your wife is that she fucking hates uh She does. Um like an actress's one name. Writer. One on a writer. You know why? Dracula. Oh well th- that's why she hates her a, for a, that film. A terrific movie that is cast horribly. Yeah, um, Keanu Reeves. <laughs> kind of we, love, we love you, Keanu, but <laughs> you should lay off the lay off Oh the yeah, beautiful. Uh, my number three is Monster Squad. Uh, that was my number six. Monster Squad is the 
type of movie that could only be made in the 80s where it didn't know if it wanted to be a movie for adults or if it wanted to be for kids. It's one of those, like, you could probably put it on in front of a kid and they're going to get... My son enjoyed it. Yeah, they they're, they'll enjoy it, but then they're, it's still probably going to spook them enough to where they get the... That, he that, sat beside me. He started yeah. running to the couch and got beside me toward the end, that's, so... That's good stuff. Now, um, real quickly, uh, Beetlejuice is my number two. Beetlejuice is the best of Tim Burton, and it's so surreal, and it's got that kind of German expressionist angle to it. Very and, sharp angles. And I love... Fuck, the, the acting is just tremendous on every every element and every level. But it's also a movie that a lot of the subversion gets is over a kid's head. Mm-hmm. So, like, if, if they watch it as a kid and they watch it later on in life, they're going to be There's like, a lot of stuff oh, going to catch. fuck. Yeah. That, that's great. So, it's a movie that we'll appreciate with them. Like, there's time. totally a whorehouse in Beetlejuice. Yes. Nice and fucking I never model. caught it. Honk, honk. Until I was like a teenager. <laughs> so, yeah, like, um, all right. The heat is on. Heat is on. Two? What's your number two? Did you do number two? I don't remember. What was it? I've done my number two. What's yours? My number three. No, my number. Okay, right. did you not number your? List? I did. I didn't. I didn't number them. I just kind of put them in order. Okay, my number one. Well, did you do your number two? I think I did. My number two, no, my number three was Bill Juice. My, your number two was Bill Juice. Yes, that's my what. number two is Army of Darkness. I don't really think about it as a kids' film, but I guess it, I saw it as a kid. I guess well, it was, and only later did I realize there was Evil Dead. That was, I actually saw the third one before I saw the first two. It's definitely not a movie made for kids, but it, but it is a it's a movie. My that, son loves it. I, I love it. I'm not saying that. I'm saying it was a movie that wasn't made for kids, but it's a it's a movie that can be enjoyed by children. It's so um, Three Stooges goofy that mm-hmm. I, I don't know how you can hate Army of Darkness. That's why, like, I I didn't see Evil Dead one until I was like 13. And I was like, oh, it's the first in the Army of Darkness movies. <laughs> that was a hard left turn for me. Like, I had, like, I had straight saucer eyes. But, by, by the way, uh, Trantor is evolving right now. Um, into a giant drool. And the, the great thing about his transformation, he gets more noses. Because <laughs> he needs more noses to smell children. And more with. ear full tassel thingies. <laughs> He's got tendrils and, and <laughs> more, more goop coming out of his nose. My number one. You want to take a stab in the dark? And what do you I'm think? I'm sure it is? it's the same as mine. Ghostbusters. It's Ghostbusters. Yeah. Period. I mean, it's definitely the same thing I said about with Beetlejuice. Um, it, it's a it's a movie that has a lot of subversive elements to it. That if you're not Good old things. enough to to pick up on, you're going to get something out of it and repeat watches throughout your life. Yeah. I mean, it couldn't be anything other than Ghostbusters. It's a movie that works superficially, absolutely, is just popcorn entertainment for a kid. It's it's dudes shooting ghosts with laser guns. guns yeah. Come on, could it get more badass than that? But it's also really funny. It's structured. It's just an interesting film. I could go on for hours about Ghostbusters, um, and you have, and I have, and I will, I will in the future. Um, so we're coming uh, basically to the end here, uh, Kenny, and yep. and uh, save the fucking day save. with milk. No, you don't understand. It's not over yet. There's the the, the final trial of Hercules here, um, yep. where we're going to get a 
a rousing oh. uh, bit of fire. There's going to be a ring of fire protrude around the, the treehouse. And this is actually a, a pretty interesting visual. Well, actually, what's going on right now oh. is pretty visually interesting. Just a lit in shadow with the... Uh, now here it is. I'm assuming basically they've just they've uh, buried gas. Oh, you can definitely there. see the split in the ground this on the DVD version. Well, the, the, those splits were already there. That's uh, they. Was all the, 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 the the ley lines and everything <laughs> of the, the area kind of crumbling. But uh, the very beginning of of the movie during the credits, the awesome music that we yep. alluded to. Well, here in a few, we're going to get uh, a a diegetically used version of it uh, that's a waltz when Ernest and Trantor uh, dance with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, kind Coming of a, up. an interesting uh, way to put them all, you know, use the same piece of music in a different way. As a, it's a nice little touch. Musical themes, like if you if you were go to go to a play, there's a thing called the overture, mm-hmm. where it'll play throughout. You know, like a there's a there's a main theme, and it'll kind of highlight the different songs throughout the show. That way, you kind of recognize the musical cues. I know this movie is not as grandiose in that sense, but in, uh, we're playing it up for you people, intentionally or unintentionally, it's still a good thing to do because you're already familiar with that with that tone. Um, Trantor has a, an interesting piece of dialogue where um, he's not even milk can defeat me now. Yep. I've become too powerful. And in troll terms, he's he's pretty fucking gross looking. Um, I don't know necessarily. Like, is is this the what happens if Trantor wins? Like, what's his ultimate goal? Like world it, domination? Duh. He's gonna have more kids and take over the world. A, root, a, a world with no children. That sounds, yeah. that sounds like a utopia to me. Well, yeah. World, now you die. So the person in the costume is not the the one giving the. Actually, right here, right here it is where he has that line. You pretty well against little kids. Let's see how you deal with a real man. Come on, come on. Ninety pounds soaking wet. <laughs> I don't know if you actually look at him like he he's they they've oversized his clothes a little bit to make him look lanky, but he's actually he's actually kind of buff. Ernest Ernest been oh, hitting well, the yeah, he's, a little bit. He's definitely more ripped than me and you. <laughs> <laughs> not a, not a, a hard uh, thing to accomplish. Unconditional love, the heart of a child. Is it <laughs> super super villain preening? Oh God. Well, come here, little fella. That's what he says. It, it, it's great because the subtlety in his acting coming up, it's all in the face. He's just going to, he's coming to the realization in his mind. Kill him. See, look at it. <laughs> it's so, it's, it's so blatant, but it's also subtle at the same time. Oh, well, come on, little fella. Heart of a child. <laughs> and he picks him up. Oh. They dance. Now here's the question. Is the actor in the costume while he's lifting it, or is it just, uh, I know in these shots you can't see the feet, but uh, in the shot where he actually lifted him up, if he's lifting a, a human God. being with all that shit I on there. Just, I, no, I forgot. 
He kisses him. And yeah, goes, oh God! The fucking. Ah. Uh, do you, Do you know what that is? The the substance. Right. Nope. Be, that would be uh, methicillulose. It's a food uh, thickening agent that's used by uh, special effects artists <sighs> to make slime. But he's defeated him with the heart of a child. I watched me earlier. That it's <laughs> so. It, what do you think about? I mean, the, the the ultimate moral, I suppose, is is a positive Kill thing. Kill him with kindness. Kill him with kindness. But that's the power of love. I guess so. Um, do, do, but do, 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 do. if this were a, a straight horror movie, there there would be a more bombastic ending. I mean, I can actually give them credit. Are you for me, they literally ripped this off in Harry Potter. The nope. very end of it. Okay, well, okay. He was the chosen one because of how much he loved. Well, that's just that's the power of love. You're not. Buddy. You're definitely not selling me on watching any <laughs> fucking Harry Potter movies. But I will give them credit where credit's due. At the very least, when they defeated Trantor, they blew his fucking head up. Yep. I mean, they could have just had him fade away or something, turn into a child himself and wave. But here, here's all the uh, enslaved children Trantor has had for. Doesn't all matter. These, Where's the fucking dog? All these years. <laughs> Yeah, we do get that last emotional beat with, uh... Everybody got what they wanted, but poor old Ernest just wants his damn dog. Kenny, I thought you were dead. We were so happy. Fuck. We already rented your room out to... Ernest. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> uh, so... We're, we're coming to the end here. So... Where in the the pantheon of Ernest films would you would you rank this one among your favorites? Like number two, number two, number number one being goes to camp. That was my first one. So then I again turtles parachutes. It's okay. I'm not arguing with you. I also would put Ernest goes to camp as my favorite. Um, man, is and then jail. I I would probably put. I'd probably put Jail as my number two. Um, and this, oh. is, this would probably be my number three. Uh, it, it, and I'd be, I'm flat out honest with you. Go home and watch Dr. Otto and the Riddle of the Gloom Bean. Because it's, it, it, from, just from the, the sheer ridiculousness of it, it's probably neck and neck with, with this movie. This is, this is a better narrative <sighs> film, but Dr. Otto just has so much interesting, Nonsense! Is it. it a horror movie? Is it a comedy? It, what is it? I mean, it's it's uh, there. He is totally. It's probably a little more in line with this. By the way, when Rimshot when he jumps up on him, they he they fucking smooch and they fall in a lover's in a lover's position here. And and just a minute, it, it's it's kind of look. That's a that's a fucking that's a shot that would happen in a romantic man or woman. Yeah. And she's watching a man fuck a dog right there. Look at that. She knows. She broke the fourth wall. I was like, listen, I'm getting paid. I'm not going to tell. Peanut butter. <laughs> <laughs> Lick Ernest's balls, little buddy. <laughs> Smooth as eggs. So, so Ernest scared stupid. Um, uh, a fun movie. I, I'm I'm pretty glad that we finally knocked this one off the list. It's kind of been on my short list for a long time. I knew there really wasn't enough to really pad this out for a full retrospective, nah, but this was fun. a fun watch. I, it's definitely a, a movie that I come back to semi-yearly, if not entirely See, this yearly. is why you need to finally claim your children, seeing show them these kinds of things. No, I have no desire to procreate. 
children are a drain on society. Yeah, I know. Having sex would be really hard for you, wouldn't it? I, uh, I enjoy that part of it. I'm it's just sure. it, it's just the uh, it's just the insemination. Plus, your mom has gotten so uh, old. Her, yeah. wound, her and Travis's uh, Travis's mother. Um, I just I wanna... animal actors of Hollywood. The sign on the back of the truck said "Animals of Hollywood." <laughs> What's that from? I have no idea. Jan on a Bob Strike Back. Okay, thank you for enlightening us. So I think that's going to uh, wrap us up till November 1st, where the Rants from the Black Lodge podcast will be back with an in-depth retrospective for you. Give me a drum roll. Don't do it on the table. (laughs) (laughs) Robocop. What? Who's doing Robocop? We'll we'll figure that out down the line. Fucking love Robocop. Yeah, I've been, this has been short list since the very beginning. Know that time Robocop shot that dude in the dick? Yep, I do. You got that shirt. I do. You got a good friend. I'm, I'm going to be telling that story on the on the podcast. Oh well, I'll shut the fuck up then. <laughs> um, then on November fifteenth, uh, normally this would be the point where I would spin the wheel and we would uh, make a deal, and we'd be uh, let fate decide what we're going to watch for Rants After Dark. But just like we did for this month, we're also going to call an audible for November, and this is. 100% because Fat Tony uh, demanded it, and he wants to celebrate the Thanksgiving season by... <laughs> Don't fucking look at me! <laughs> Heineken, fuck that shit! We're doing David Lynch's... Oh, my God. Neighborhood suburban nightmare film, Blue Velvet. That's Blue Ribbon! <laughs> you gonna tell that story? Yes. When you want me to go into the damn theater and order it? Absolutely, I, I will. Gave it the... God damn. Um, so... Till then, uh, please subscribe to the podcast on one of the many platforms we're available on, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Follow us on social media at Rants Black Lodge. Don't forget to stop by our homepage at JuicyKruger.com. And for the love of Cthulhu, stop by our web store and buy a t-shirt or a mug at RantArmy.com. For Fat Fuck Scott, this is Brandon A. Lane signing off. Till next month, Rant Army, keep marching. <laughs>